When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who should be on the cover of EA Sports' college football game when it drops this summer? Which programs are at the biggest question to answer in spring practice? And which coaches have the most to prove in 2024? Let's go. It's the number one college football show. What's up, kid folk? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today on the show, I want to talk about the best candidates to be on the cover of EA Sports' college football game when it comes out. I also want to ask the question, who has to answer the biggest questions in spring practice in 2024? But first, let's start with another list. Which coaches have the most to prove in 2024. And I got a list of five here, and I think we all got some pretty strong candidates here. So I'm going to jump straight into number five, go to number one. So at number five, I have Michigan head coach Sharon Moore. He's got a lot to prove. He's got to prove that, A, he can do this without Jim Harbaugh. B, he can do this without Jim Harbaugh's team. And C, he can do this without Jim Harbaugh's staff. A lot of without Jim Harbaugh in there, but this is also a really interesting year for Michigan because they're coming off a winning national championship. Sharon was a very important piece of that national championship team, even being head coach for at four of their wins and grooming J.J. McCarthy, grooming what might be the deepest offensive line unit for a single year that the NFL draft has ever seen. They could have seven guys selected in April and being the first black man to be head coach at the University of Michigan it's just a big deal, and we're all going to remember how it goes, right? It's the biggest deal for me since Tyrone Willingham took over Notre Dame, and that went pretty well at the start, right? So I think Sharon is in a good spot, but he's he's got work to do, right? He's hired some really great people. He elevated Kirk Campbell. He's got Wink Martindale in there. They're going to keep trying to do the same Baltimore Ravens style of defense that they had been. I don't expect them to change their offense at all. I expect them to try to figure out who the quarterback is going to be what their tailback situation is going to be behind Donovan Edwards, and if they have some answers for guys like Roman Wilson out there at wide and see what they can do on that. But he's got a lot to prove in this being his first opportunity to be a head coach and following a national championship season. Number four on the list, we got Lincoln Riley at USC. This is a huge year for USC as it is entering the Big Ten for the first time, but also a big year for Lincoln Riley. Because he has had to fire the second defensive coordinator he has ever hired and the one that he has been with the longest in Alex Grinch last year. They were just giving it up. And no matter how many points that USC could score with the reigning Heisman winner at quarterback, they could not score enough to get to 10 wins. And now we're looking at a Lincoln Riley who has not made the Pac-12 championship game and will never make the Pac-12 championship game. Hasn't made a college football playoff since leaving Oklahoma. And while can still recruit the hell out of this sport and 
developed the hell out of the quarterback position, just hasn't been able to get into this conversation of college football playoff teams. While Steve Sarkeesian has made that move at Texas, one of the reasons he's not on this list, Kalen DeBoer leapfrogged uh, Lincoln Riley at Washington, showing that doesn't matter what level he's coaching at, he's going to get it done. So now that Riley went and got Danton Lynn and Matt Entz, my goodness, just put together a staff on that defense that is studded, he's got to get some production out of those guys. They have to show up ready to compete. They're going to play a really difficult schedule, which while also having, I believe, not just the Big Ten on this schedule, but still Notre Dame. And there's there's one big non-conference in there, but I don't want to don't want to get ahead of myself and get that one wrong. I'm just going to say that USC's got a tough schedule, right? And if Miller Moss is your guy, then fine. I'm not going to second guess Lincoln Riley on who he selects to be his starting quarterback. But it does say a lot that until Miller Moss threw for a billion yards and six, seven TDs. Yeah, we thought that Will Howard might end up there or that Riley was going to go into the portal and bring out somebody else that could spin it. He still might, given how spring practice might go. But Malachi Nelson decided he didn't want to stick around. He's at Boise State where he's going to get offense coordinator Dirk Cutter, which, again, NFL guys coming back to college, that's kind of fun. I think Lincoln Riley has a lot to prove this year and going into what I think is going to be a pivotal year, not just for the Big Ten, but for the fortunes of SC as they're joining it with Oregon. And Washington, man, it's going to be tough for them, and he's going to have to pull this out. Number three on the list for me, LSU coach Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame because he did not believe he could win a national championship at Notre Dame. In that way, he and Lincoln Riley basically shared the same idea. They left one program that was in a great position that did make the college football playoff to go to another program because they believed that they would have the infrastructure to not just make the playoff, but to win the whole damn thing. So far, neither one of those guys has sniffed the college football playoff since taking the job. And only one of those guys made a conference championship game. And in that game, LSU got boat raced by Georgia. Also in here, Brian Kelly had a better quarterback in 2023 than Lincoln Riley, as evidenced by the Heisman winner being at LSU and Jaden Daniels, which is another way of me saying, if Brian Kelly had Jaden Daniels, who put together one of the greatest statistical seasons that we have ever seen and couldn't so much as make the playoff, what can I expect from him in a much more loaded and much more powered SEC as Ole Miss is doing to LSU what Washington did to USC? Lane Kiffin's out in front. Okay, they're in a great spot. They won 11 uh, 11 games for the first time in school history last year, and they got stronger in 2024. And they should feel good about their chances of competing for the SEC championship, which is not a small thing, especially given what LSU wants to be, who they have to be, and how bad those fans really want it. I think there's a lot of uh, pressure on Brian Kelly because now you're getting into the time for which LSU fans are going to be like, hey, dog, clock been ticking. All right, Ed Orgeron can get this done. Ed Orgeron can get this done. You trying to tell us you can't get this done? Les Miles can get this done, okay? We're not saying you got to be Nick Saban because nobody is, but he got it done too. So I think after this year, if it doesn't go the way that it's planned, I would not be shocked to hear people start muttering Brian Kelly. I don't know, Doug. I don't know. So he's got a lot to prove in 2024. Number two on the list, Colorado coach Deion Sanders. Now. 
I'm going to be watching this as closely as I did 2021. It's as closely as I did 2022 because Prime is, as he says, box office. And he makes a really good point. If he was the head coach at Florida State, you probably don't leave out Florida State in the college football playoff. And that's got everything to do with appeal and what you believe. And remember, at Jackson State, that was the slogan. Slogan is, I believe, right? That was what college football playoff selection committee members were saying about Florida State. I don't believe for one reason or another, right? Now, they would say we just think Alabama is a better football team than an undefeated Florida State. But if Coach Prime was out there campaigning for the team he thinks of as his alma mater, right, Florida State, I think that would have gone a wrong way because that's what that room is about. That room is about votes. Like, you, we forget this. But at the end of the day, the people in that room on that college football playoff selection committee are voting on who they think are the four best teams. And if he can influence your vote with a good stump speech or several, he will. Now, this is also a man who sees the expansion of the playoff to at least 12 teams. We've been hearing talk of even 14 and 16 at this point because they can't settle on a number just yet or settle on a, an amount to pay for this thing that he believes Colorado can make the playoff right now. He doesn't see why they couldn't because there are more slots, more opportunities, and they're moving to a conference that I don't think is easier to win than the Pac-12 was last year, though the Pac-12 was really stout. I just think that from 1 to 16, you can make an argument for almost everybody in the Big 12, including Colorado, and there's not really a runaway favorite in that league. Like right now, we're talking about Utah, Kansas, Oklahoma State really being the teams that might lead the way in the Big 12. But also remember, Texas Christian came off a of 5-7, and seven, played the national title game against Georgia in a year where nobody expected Sonny Dykes and Texas Christian to be about much of anything. In addition to other teams that we just don't think about being good until it's time to play them, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State. It's just going to be tough, right? He's got a lot to prove with Shadour going into a draft-eligible year, Shiloh being draft-eligible, choosing to come back, Travis Hunter going into a draft-eligible year. He needs those dudes to show up and play. More than that, he needs Phil Lodeholt to put an offensive line out that can protect the quarterback, and he's going to need Robert Livingston to put a defense on the field that can keep people under 28. Because that's what it feels like. It feels like they're going to just give it up. And then Shadour going to have to throw for 500 and five TDs to go get them these wins. But they are capable. I think if Prime can flip around, the first losing season that he has suffered as a head coach in this sport, that's going to be tremendous. But if he goes 4-8 and eight a second time, we might have to start talking about him a little bit differently. He knows that better than anybody else. And then at number one, Ohio State head coach, Brian Day. This is going to be... The 2024 top-of-line topic for me. What is Ohio State going to do, not in 2024 per se, but on November 30th in Columbus when the Michigan Wolverines show up to the shoot? Okay, all right. It's going to be raucous. It ought to be. But Ohio State fans are nothing if not smart. Like, yeah, yeah, they want it. And yeah, they're a little bit irrational. They understand that, but they also... That's what it is. They don't hide that. They're also smart enough to tell you, hey, we know what you have on this roster, okay? We know what Michigan lost. We know Jim Harbaugh ain't there no more, and you got a first-year head coach, period. This is the year you got to win that game. Now, granted, 
Ohio State won 10 of these before they started to lose one. They've lost the last three, but they've been on his watch. And each one has really mounted on more pressure for day. And I say November 30th because there has never been a time for which we have thought the game was irrelevant, right? But the idea that you could lose the game, make the playoff, and then damn near beat the national champions on a missed field goal and people still not give a damn, I don't know that there's more pressure than that. And then he lost the game a second year or third year. Going into 2024, he's pulled out all the stops. He has handed over the play calling privileges for the first time. He's never done that to his mentor, to the guy that he trusts to call the plays as well as he might in Chip Kelly. He reinforced the roster. They go four deep. Like, we keep going on this, and we will. But I think nobody has more to prove in 2024 than Ryan Day. And that is a good place to go into which programs have to answer the biggest questions going into spring practice. And for the time being, I'm going to stick with Ohio State. Because Ohio State has a champagne problem. Okay? They got four quarterbacks on that roster who could start. Aaron Nolan is a talent. Julian Sayan is a talent. Devin Brown is a talent. Will Howard beat the national champion runner-up in 2022, who was undefeated at the time in the Big 12 championship. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he wants it. Like, nobody has more to gain on that roster at quarterback than he does because he can turn his day two prospects into first-round draft prospects just by putting together a good year with Chip Kelly and that offense who's going to try to make use of the quarterback's ability to be the 11th guy on the field, right? So that's one. Two on the champagne problems list is, do you realize that Jim Knowles could have the best safety tandem in football if they choose to leave Sonny Styles at safety, which I think that they will. You have six foot four, two thirty, and a dude that can play three, four, five, six positions for you on defense in Sonny Styles. Perhaps the most talented guy on the defense last year. But the reason I say six four, two thirty is because that is the exact height and weight of Isaiah Simmons at Clemson when he was a destroyer of worlds. When Brent Venables had that dude coming off the edge, playing single high, playing man in the slot, that's what Sonny Styles can do. Okay. He's that good. And then you added what I think is the best defensive back in football, Caleb Downs. So you could essentially have Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas just at Ohio State be Sonny Styles and Caleb Downs. Dog, if it feels like I'm getting it, because I am. Because as a quarterback, I don't want them problems. Like, as a quarterback, I'm looking at safeties going, which one of these dudes can I manipulate? Because I'm wrong either way. Because Sonny Styles is going to come down, he's going to hit, he's going to make plays. And Caleb Downs is a damn pterodactyl. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you going to do with this? And by the way, they play with three safeties in that 4-2-5. So that's what. You know what I'm saying? That's the defense. CJ Hicks is going to come on. Cody Simon's going to lead them up front. And then Larry Johnson's senior still, still stupid out defensive line. JT to him all out. You know what I'm saying? Ty League. Jack Sawyer, they're ridiculous. It's Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, they're ridiculous. I, I, I'm excited. I really am because I, 
I love it when you get to see great defense. I love it when you get to see uh, great football. But, you know, I'm a guy that I like to think I could have spun it or I could spin it in high school, right? But I'm looking at that going, who wants those problems? Like, my quarterback is looking at that, that secondary going, yeah, which one of these dudes am I throwing on? Nobody. You better hope you run the football really well that day. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Three on the champagne problems list. Things they got to answer. Spring practice questions at Ohio State. How will Chip Kelly exploit Quinshawn Judkins and Travion Henderson? Quinshawn Judkins. Maybe the best tailback in the SEC for the last two years, right? Now, 2023 wasn't as good as 2022, but he was a true freshman. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Travion Henderson, who when he is right and when he is healthy, will go win you the football game. Just ask Notre Dame. Travion Henderson, whose middle name is Home Run Hitter, they got speed and power at the tailback positions, along with four dudes that can start. And oh, by the way, Omega Ebuka over there, Brandon Ennis over there, Jeremiah Smith over there, Ardell Tate over there. Here, it's ridiculous. I love this team. The only problem they really got to answer, I think, the only thing that just doesn't make me giddy is their offensive line. Now, they got the right side sorted, okay? They got Seth McLaughlin at center. You're probably going to keep Donovan Jackson right where he is. Excuse me, the left side sort of Donovan Jackson at left guard. And then you're gonna move or you're gonna stay with Josh Simmons right there, right? On the right side, maybe you bump Josh Fryer to right guard. This right tackle is kind of hard for him. And maybe you see that Luke Montgomery can be your guy. Maybe he goes left tackle, maybe he goes right tackle. But either way, Justin Fry is going to have to get that figured out. But if they do get that offensive line sorted, tell me where the weakness is. Like I'm 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 dead ass serious. Where's the weakness on this football team? Jim Knowles could have won the Broyles Award each of the last two years, and nobody would have been really that mad. Now, maybe, right? They beat Michigan, he wins it, right? Ryan Day is Ryan Day, but Chip Kelly is also Chip Kelly. And I just mentioned those quarterbacks, and I mentioned those tailbacks, and I mentioned the wideouts, and I mentioned the defensive line and the linebacking crew and the secondary. Yeah, dog, we're going to do the uh, pre-spring top 25, but you can already see what I'm telling you. You can see what I'm telling you. Like, if I had this team on a new football game, y'all wouldn't let me play no more. Y'all be like, nah, I don't play RJ. Oh, he'll pick Ohio State, which is what most Oklahoma fans think in the first place. But you get my point there. You look at that and you go, nah, dog, this is, we trying to match wits. I'm not trying to get beat by the CPU because CPU going to give everybody 99 ratings because that's what it feels like with Ohio State. It feels like they're right there. The other team that I am fascinated about that we got to talk about in spring is Nebraska. And the way that I'm going to frame this question is, should I care about Nebraska in the spring? I mean, at this point, you got to feel what I'm saying. Because you college football like I'm college football. This is what we do. This is what we do, right? So I'm we family. I'm going to talk to you like we family. Nebraska, every spring, will blow it out. Nebraska fans will turn up. Every spring, we'll talk about Nebraska because Nebraska fans show up to get talked about, move the needle, and it's spring, right? It's either you're talking about the NFL draft, you're talking about spring practice, only a few teams that move the needle during spring football, right? Nebraska being one of them. But I'm trying to tell y'all, 
I don't know if I can keep telling y'all to care about Nebraska. Because we, 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 Nebraska ain't been nobody since these children were small. Okay, the last time Nebraska was any damn good was 2009. Indomitian sued and come and gone. You know what I'm saying? All right? Like, if I said Eric Crouch to some of these kids, you mean you mean that old-ass man, RJ? Oh, chill out. For real? You know what I'm saying? If I say Tommy Frazier, they look at me like I'm crazy. If I say Amon Green, Lawrence Phillips, they look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. If I could say Coach Osborne, oh, yeah, I know about him. He in the black and whites. So now we're on to Nebraska with Matt Rule. Problem is, Matt Rule has a trajectory that his programs will follow. Year one, they're going to be sorry. And, and last year, they were sorry, okay? They, they were in close games, but they were sorry. Year two, they start to show a little something, something. So they, like at Baylor, he won one game in his first year. At Temple, he won two. Then... In year two at Baylor and Temple, they went bowling, which at Nebraska, they're going to be throwing the biggest damn party if Huskers go bowling 2024. But that's on the trajectory, right? So that's one reason to care is this might be the team that turns the corner because that's what usually happens in Matt Rule's year two. They turn the corner. But it's also in Nebraska. And it's Nebraska in the Big Ten. And Nebraska in the Big Ten was a non sequitur a decade ago. Now, don't nobody know Nebraska like we know Nebraska. And I can't tell them to. Like, Nebraska be losing to Iowa. I can't tell you who I cared less about when I was playing high school football in the early aughts. Okay? Iowa? All right. Then I got to take into account who Matt Rule is. On top of what Nebraska football means in the state of Nebraska. Put it this way. Last week, midweek, Matt Rule went to an event on the Lincoln campus where they had an occupancy max of 70, but there were 100 high school coaches there that wanted to hear him talk. So he spoke and then had his position coaches speak so that he could get in the car same night, drive to Omaha, and do the same damn thing. Nebraska cares terribly about his football team. Nebraska high school coaches want a reason to care uh, and talk about Nebraska football. As a matter of fact, they got fewer kids playing football in the state of Nebraska than they have in years, mostly because kids just don't want to do it. That used to be the thing, man. You grow up in Nebraska or around it, you want to play football, so you might have the opportunity to just get to the Cornhuskers. Now that's not the case. But the last few hires that they had, it's been on again, off again. And you've heard Nebraska high school coaches say, hey, look, we some of these dudes didn't remember my name. Some of these dudes showed up only when I had a kid to sell them. Right. But the feeling with Matt Rule and his staff is that there are some adults in the room. Right. That there are some some guys that understand not just how to coach ball, but know how to talk to the community about the ball that they are coaching. I usually check out. When I hear a football coach say the word culture. My eyes glaze over like I everybody says it is come to mean nothing at all. Right. And yet when Matt rule says it, I genuinely believe it's one of the only things that he does believe. He believes in culture. He believes in continuity. He believes in family. However, 
The other way of saying that you believe in culture is by not winning a whole bunch of games. And if I'm going to be a Debbie Downer about it, and I'm prone to, right, because I talk about this stuff as it is, not as I want it to be. Can you get the six wins, culture? Can you get the six wins? Because they lost five games last year by three points or fewer in overtime, right? That's the glass half full. The glass half empty is they put away nine and a half million dollars to the one bank account of Matt Rule to go five and seven. Okay. Uh, excuse me, nine and a quarter million dollars, not nine and a half, but you get what I'm saying. What's what's 250 grand to a man that could have made 40 for sit 40 million for sitting on his couch and chose to coach at Nebraska, you know? But the way that I would put this to Nebraska fans that want to feel good about 2024 and hear me ask the question earnestly, should I give a damn about Nebraska? Is that my team is the Oklahoma Sooners. First year, we got the guy that I wanted to get, that everybody at OU wanted to get. His name's Brent Venables. And we thought we were going to be going from strength to strength. Let me tell y'all, folks, that was not how 2022 went for your boy. Your boy also watched Oklahoma lose a bunch of close football games, give up 30 a game. The defense looked antithetical to the very constitution that is Brent Venables. Went six and seven, lost to damn Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. In the Cheez-It Bowl. Front of my mama. But the next year, Oklahoma won 10 games before the postseason started. The next year, Oklahoma went down to the Cotton Bowl and got into Texas' behind. All right? That team made the college football playoff, won the Big 12. But you know what? It caught that L in the Rear River shootout because that's what matters. Oh, man. I, I I I like Texas until they play Oklahoma. And I, you know, I'm from here. You see the red curtains behind me. You know what time it is. I'm telling you this as a Nebraska, uh, Nebraska fan because I think it does matter. I think you're just going to care about your team. And most of the time we were talking about misery. But I think you have a reason, a real reason, a, a data point to be optimistic. And this season, this spring, I'm going to choose to care about Nebraska. I'm going to watch Dylan Rayola. I'm going to see if this dude can grow up and mature. Uh, I'm going to see if this dude wants to post any more poems to the tweets and whether or not his homeboy is going to be like, hey, dog, maybe, maybe not. Malachi Coleman, get on your mans. Help, help your mans because he's got all the talent in the world. He's got all the bloodline in the world, and he's going to get all the help that they can give him. I want Nebraska to be good. I want the kids to know what it looks like for Nebraska to be good. Nebraska, be good. All right. Let's go into our last segment of the show. Possibly my favorite segment that we do today, and we've done two that I really enjoy. But this one is who should be the cover athlete for EA Sports's NCAA football video game coming out this summer. Or allegedly coming out this summer. Because I play video games like y'all play video games. And, and, and uh, EA, get it right, dog. That's all we're saying. You know what I'm saying? Don't let this be Madden. We care about this one. You got to get this one. We've been waiting on this. Name, image, and likeness exists for this. This is the reason. Get it right. So here are the five that I think we could see on the NCAA cover, but I don't, I don't know how courageous they're going to be down there at Electronic Arts, be messing up Star Wars games and whatnot. Anyway, number five on the list, 
I got actually three names, but you understand what I'm doing here. Prime, Shadur, Travis. You understand what I'm saying here? You put Prime in the middle, you have him flanked by them two boys, you understand what time it is, because that is what college football is today. It is very much them, right? They are cool. People love to watch them. People show up to watch them on television. And until Caitlin Clark started doing what it do, Shadur Sanders had the best-selling jersey on Fanatics. That's no small feat given who else plays college football. You know what I'm saying? Say Caleb Williams, for instance, right? Say J.J. McCarthy, right? But Shadur was that guy, and Colorado wasn't even good, especially in the second half of the season. I think that if you want to move the units, you want to get the kids and the kids' kids to buy the video game in droves, that's what you do because all the youngsters love them some Coach Prime. Their parents love them some Coach Prime. Their mama loved them some Coach Prime. They just don't want to say that out loud. I think that's a great way to go. I think that would be really on brand for 2024. Number four on the list, I'm going to get into some guys that perhaps should have been on the cover if we'd have had the cover. So number four, I got Devontae Smith. What he did in 2020, let alone what he did in Nash Championship game in 2018, that merits mention. But the thing that struck to me was we talk about Desmond Howard being on this game. Sure. I, yeah. They, at one point, yeah, Desmond Howard was that dude, the Heisman winner. And then we went damn near 30 years without another wide receiver winning the Heisman trophy. And that guy was Devontae Smith, and nobody was upset about it. Like, that's the thing. He was that big a deal, right? And I think what he had done at Alabama also encapsulates what Alabama football was at the time Nick Nick Saban was coaching there. Like the other guy that I was thinking about was Derrick Henry, but given what the game means and given how long it's been since Derrick Henry played college football, Devontae Smith just fit for me. Uh, I could also throw a Jalen Hurts in there, but you understand what I'm saying here. Number three on the list, I got Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, I think, is the safest selection for this because Trevor did not win the Heisman Trophy, right? Even though we can make an argument for each of the three years, mostly mostly each of the three years. But we didn't know who he was going to be in 2018. Remember, that dude came off the bench as a true freshman and led Clemson to the national championship. He's the first guy to do that since my man Jamel Holloway did it in 1985 at Oklahoma. That deserves its own honor. And the thing that I always try to reference when I talk about Trevor Lawrence and the way that I'm going to talk about him in the future when the kids ask me, RJ, how good was this guy? Because they'll say, hey, he didn't win the Heisman. They'll say, hey, he only made first-team All-American one time, and that was a year in which he probably should have gone to Mac Jones. But the Football Writers Association of America was smart. Shout out to my guy, Shehan Jayaraja, who kind of pointed this out. If they had not made certain that Trevor Lawrence was a first-team All-American, he's not even considered for the College Football Hall of Fame. And given what Trevor Lawrence had done at Clemson, you know, winning, <laughs> I don't know that we could have a College Football Hall of Fame that doesn't let him into it. So even if you got to manipulate it by saying we're going to vote for him because he deserves it, that's what you do. And I think I would much rather, and I think you would understand this, be on the cover of a college football video game that everybody plays 
rather than win the Heisman Trophy. That's just me. That that's who I am because that's that's how I came to love the sport. And not for nothing, but we put Joey Harrington on the cover of NCAA. To which the kiddos would be like, "Who they said what now?" Exactly, Joey Harrington. So don't tell me about Trevor Lawrence when you know that Joey Harrington gets to display this. At his house, and if you are me, and you still got your jewel boxes over here, you got to see Joey Harrington on the wall over there at Oregon before Oregon was anybody at all. Put Trevor Lawrence on there if you come to it. But you know what? I got two more for you to go to. I got two more. Number two on the list, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. You know what time it is. 2019 Heisman winner, 2019 national champ. My man showed up being Joe Cool. Making the money sign, making it do what it do. I have come to really love Joe Burrow because of his get down, right? Like at first I thought it was kind of act because, you know, some dudes are just cocky to be cocky. That's just who he is. And you know why I know that is who he is? Because Justin Jefferson follows him, right? Because we got to see what it looks like when he is throwing bombs. Like nobody made, I, I think to say, if you were talking about a quarterback that could have done what Joe Burrow did, given the assets that he had, maybe, but they didn't do it. He did. Okay? You're looking around at what he had at his disposal, and you're going, yeah, 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 I could have won it, but you didn't. Not only did you not, he went into the NFL and proved it wasn't a fluke. want that dude to be healthy for another year, but you get what I'm saying here. I think Joe Burrow would be a really great addition uh, to the collective jewel box cases over here of cover athletes because of what he did in 2019, what he means to the sport. And then number one, the dude that his owed, his cover, Louisville quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Like, for those of y'all that have only played NCAA 14 because us old dudes make y'all play it, here's what you got to understand. We didn't allow anybody to play with Mike Vick in Madden because it was cheating. Mike Vick has said Lamar Jackson better than me. Lamar Jackson might also be faster than Mike Vick. And I can't tell y'all what Mike Vick meant at Virginia Tech. He blew out dudes ACLs in the same game by shaking them. And Lamar Jackson is more than capable. We know this for the Heisman Trophy that he won. We know this for the unanimous MVP that he won and the second MVP that he won in 2023. But I can't think of a dude that better encapsulates what we were all doing on the joysticks because I am running five wide. Running five wide because every play is run pass option before they call it run pass option because my quarterback's going to have some wheels because if I ain't got a quarterback that's got no wheels, I'm not playing with him. That's why you couldn't play with Lamar Jackson because he's going to shake you like a bowl full of jello and then he's going to throw a ball 80 yards for the TD, okay? Like if the game would allow me to met Lamar, uh, a Lamar Jackson type play safety, I would have done that too, right? That's who this game is for. That's what this game is about. Us to be on the sticks, right? Us that are trying to get the CPU timing down so that we can click the triangle button and make sure that we got the user option to go pick this pass off because you put that ball in the air against me, it's mine. Just that's just going to oh, I'm gonna talk so much noise on the Twitch. Come see me. Oh, I'm fine. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I hope you are too. Like honestly, because this is this is fun. Uh tell me who you think should be on the cover of the NCAA football game when it drops this summer. And uh, EA Sports, uh, don't don't hide. Don't come out here with no banner. Don't come out here with no yard marker. Put a dude right there on the cover. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. All right.
That is going to do it for today's episode of the number one college football show. We will be back live next Tuesday. Get you started in earnest for spring football practice. Our number one college football show leads screening our Jack Coakley tour in Westfall to make us better in the film room. Production assistant Kiara Santana and Jim Cunningham put the special in our special team. Social producer Javion Duncan. Make sure the recruits and the rivals see the cake we bake. Gabe Sable is sending in the signal. Senior producer Catherine Cordaggi sees the entire field from the booth. Lead producer Tyler Wojak calls plays from the sideline. Play snaps on my clap. We will see y'all next Tuesday. Until then, stay low. Keep those feet driving. Doses.